Hi everyone, welcome to today's podcast. I'm so glad that you're tuning in. Um, Before I get started with the Bible study, I just wanted to kind of do a preliminary um, request out there. So many of you are letting me know how blessed you've been by these podcasts and how it's really kind of encouraging you and helping you as you study the Word of God. And I'm so overjoyed to hear that. One thing that I would ask you to do, though, in order for you to be able to automatically receive them whenever I publish a new podcast, you would need to download the Anchor FM app, which is a free app. In your app store it's not going to request any money from you um, once you've downloaded it you would then find search for me and then when you find the podcast bible study made easy you would just there's a little star by my name on my face and you would just um you would click that and i think it would take you to a bell and you can add me as a favorite and then that would mean that you would automatically be notified every time a podcast is released so you know, if you could do that, that would be great. Also, it helps them to also see um, how much, um, how, how many people are using the platform, which is also great. So um, I would really, um, really um, be happy if you could support me in that way and do that. And I, that makes it easier than me having to individually send them out and notify people. So anyway, today's Bible study, we are still in the book of John and we are going to be doing chapter 10 today. Um, And uh, I'm excited about this chapter. I think that it has some good meat in it. And um, I'm hoping that you are going to feel the same way too. So let's start from verse one. I assure you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the door, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The doorkeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And I want to just, you know, park on the opening few words, first few words, I assure you. And I mentioned before in a previous podcast, whenever you see those words in the Bible, you need to pay special attention. This is Jesus kind of like, this is like highlighting bold capital letters, whatever, whatever way that's going to illuminate it to you. God is saying, I need your attention right now. I need you to understand this. I need you to remember this and hold on to this. This is important information. And of course, everything that is written in the Bible and scriptures is important, but there are some things that God really highlights. So he starts off by saying, I assure you, straight away your antenna should go up and you should be like on the alert. Okay, what is he saying here? And he goes on to say, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the door, but climbs him some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The doorkeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. And Jesus loved to use analogies. And so the analogy, if you can visualize, you've got this door and you've got this door that gets opened. And as it gets opened, the sheep are walking in and the sheep represent us, the people of God. Okay, we're walking in. But if you just imagine your own physical, a physical house and you imagine, you know, we go typically through the door whether it be a house, an apartment, a flat, whatever it is, we go through the door. But if we're going to climb in, typically, normally, unless we've lost our keys or something, you're climbing in through the window 
um, or some other way, then it tends to be someone that doesn't have a right to be in there. And he's using this analogy because there's a bit, you know, there have been and there will be and continue to be a lot of people who are going to come saying that I'm the way, I'm the way to finding that peace in your life. I'm the way to that salvation, whether it be a spiritual leader, a a, a spiritual religion, or whether it even be another person that you need me in your life. You know, everything you need is in me. Me and you together, we don't need anything else. And, and, And Jesus is basically saying very simply, listen, the only way to true joy, to true peace, to true salvation is through me. No other way. Anyone that tries to climb in any other way, not through me, not through Jesus Christ, accepting and receiving Jesus and Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but any other way, they're a thief and they're a robber. And so he was alerting the people to this because there was a lot of leaders and other religions out there and they were worshiping these deities and, you know, and he was basically saying, listen, that's not the way. That's literally the analogy of a thief climbing through someone's house they come to kill steal and destroy they come to tell you lies whether they know themselves that the lies or not it's not the truth and it's going to lead you to death it's going to lead you the wrong way so he's saying you know the doorkeeper which the doorkeeper this can get confusing but the doorkeeper really represents god anyway the doorkeeper the holy spirit god the father is a doorkeeper and the door is jesus that's the door you walk through that's why God sent Jesus as his son to die. He's the door we walk through, okay? And he's saying, if you come through that door, okay, the doorkeeper opens it. And that's so beautiful. God opens the door for us. And I want us to really grab a hold of that. God opens the door for us, okay? We don't, we don't have to kick it down. He opens it for us. All he wants, all he needs is a willing heart. All he needs is a heart that says, you know what, God, I'm willing to give you a try. So many people make salvation so difficult and it's so simple. It starts with just a heart that is humble, that says, you know what, Lord, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of doubts. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. In fact, I see a lot of people that say they love you, but I don't want to be like them. But God, there's something in me that says, you know, I want to know more and I just want to give you a try. And that's all it takes. God's, God's, God is like, yay. He has that door open. And he's like, yeah, those are the words I've longed to hear. And I'm going to reveal myself to you. Because you've come to the right place. And no one can reveal God to you like God himself. That's why you can't go through other people. Yeah, God may use other people. He may use that pastor. He may use that person on the radio. He may use different people and different ways of of leading you to him but ultimately it comes down to that personal relationship with Christ himself so he says the doorkeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out that to me is so beautiful God calls us by name and we need to grab a hold of that. There's a reason that is written in the scriptures. God knows each of us individually. I don't care how well our parents know us, how well our spouses know us, how well our children or our best friends know us. Someone that's known you all your life. No one knows us like God knows us. No one knows us like Jesus knows us. The Bible tells us clearly that he knew us before we were even created in our mother's wombs. Look at that. 
I mean, the mind can't even fathom that. And so when God calls us by, says he knows his own sheep by name, he is personally identifying, I know everything there is to know about you. I know everything. Beverly, I know things about you you don't even know about yourself. You're yet to discover about who you are. Yeah, I don't care how old you are. There's more you still are yet to discover because I created you. I know how you think. I know what you're going to do ahead of when you're going to do it. And that's what he's trying to show us here that I know you by name. And then because he knows us by name, he's able to lead us out. He's able to guide us. And that's just so beautiful. How comforting is that? Because he knows how we react to certain things, how we think about or feel about certain things. He's able to lead us out. I mean, this just came into my mind, so I'm going to say it. Even those of us that maybe are looking for that relationship in our life, God knows what's going to work for us and what's not. And he's able to lead us to that right person. The problem is when we try and do it ahead of God and do it ourselves, that's where we get into issues and troubles. I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that. I know I personally can. So verse 4. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. How beautiful is that? God goes ahead of us. Now, how loving is that? You know, you see that and think of a parent walking across a busy road or an area that looks dangerous. They're going to put themselves, a loving parent, a caring parent is going to put themselves in front of their child and say, no, I'm going to go first. Because if there's danger ahead, I've got to go first. I need to protect my children. That's what God does. He goes ahead of us. He leads us. Because when God goes ahead, he's not going to make any mistakes. There's no, oh gosh, I took the wrong turning with God. He knows exactly which way to go. He knows how to avoid all the pit holes. He knows how to avoid all the wrong turnings. He is not going to get lost. But we will get lost. So he goes ahead of us. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run from him because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. And I, and I, I really need to grab a hold of this because I don't want people automatically feeling like, okay, so I've accepted Christ as my savior. And so I automatically always know his voice. This takes time to develop. How do we develop that? We develop that with relationship. The more we get to know God, the more we develop our relationship with Jesus, the clearer his voice becomes. Does that mean, even as a mature Christian, that there are not times when we question, is that God? Of course there is. There are times, but that's what's so beautiful about having the word of God, about having prayer, about having other believers, because God will confirm things with us. He'll confirm it in his word. He'll confirm it through prayer. He'll confirm it through the mouth of a preacher or or, or just another fellow Christian. God confirms things with us, okay? And that's why 
There's so much scripture showing us, okay, when you're in this particular situation, this is how you need to handle it. This is what you need to apply in this situation. But you will never get that if you don't read the Bible. You will never get that if you don't spend any time with God. You will never get that if you don't listen or even go to the house of God and hear God speak for a preacher. Because there's some things that God is not going to say directly to us, but he's going to say to someone else. Maybe someone that's more learned. Maybe someone that has a great understanding of the scriptures and is able to present it in a way that maybe we wouldn't be able to understand it. And so God has given us the guidelines of this. these are the things that are going to help you grow and get to know my voice and get to become intimate with me. So as we get to recognize the voice of God, we get to know what he's telling us, where he's telling us to go, what he's telling us to avoid or beware of. And then we get to recognize when someone is speaking, even if they're speaking and saying, I'm speaking in the name of Jesus, we get to recognize that is not, that doesn't sound like God. You ever have a close friend who you really close to or a family member, even your own children, or your, or maybe it might be your spouse. And you know, you get to know as you spend so much time with them, you get to understand ways about them and things about them. And then you have somebody come up to you and they they suggest something about this person and you're able to discern, that doesn't sound like them. I don't think they would say that. And all the time I've known them, no, no, they don't, no, they've always, they categorically stand against that. They stand for this. You're able to say that or think that or define that in your own mentality because you have a personal relationship. Well, the same thing applies with our relationship with Jesus. The closer we get to him, the more we get to know him, the more we're able to recognize his voice and discern when it isn't his voice, no matter who's saying it. Verse 6. Jesus gave them this illustration, but they did not understand what he was telling them. And so we go into verse 7, which in my Bible is titled The Good Shepherd. So Jesus said again, I assure you, listen, those words again, I assure you, I am the door of the sheep. Listen to me. I'm the only way in. I am the only true living God. There is no other way to true salvation other than me. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Well, pasture is what we need to survive. Pasture is what sheep physically eat, the green grass. We, God is using that as an analogy, we need pasture to survive. We need food to survive or else we die and perish. God is that pasture. It's found in him. Verse 10, a thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Again, I want to park here, have it in abundance. God didn't just come to give us life. So many of us have, at some point in our life, I'm sure, have questioned, is this all there is to it? I reached this age and is this it? But God says, listen, I didn't just come to, so you could breathe. So you could say, okay, I'm alive. I came to give you a life that you love, that is filled with joy, peace. Now, does it mean you won't go through struggles and challenges? Of course it doesn't. You are going to go through ch- challenges and struggles. But 
in spite of those challenges and struggles, there's always going to be that inner joy, that inner peace, that inner thing that always gets you to stand back up on your feet again and keep fighting and pushing through. There's always going to be that internal hope. That's that abundant life. Doesn't mean that riches and material things, yeah, God may bless us with those things and those things are beautiful in their own respective places. But that is not the abundance that he's talking about. The abundance that God is talking about is love, peace, joy, health, not just physical health, but spiritual, emotional health, mental health. And these are the things that God died to give us. And these are the things that the enemy fights so hard to take away from us. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And let's just, let's just kind of resonate on that. He doesn't just call himself the shepherd. He calls himself the good shepherd. And we need to grab a hold of that because there's so many times in our life we question God. We question God's goodness. I mean, we, we only have to go through a disaster or a situation or tragic thing happening in the world. Where we, where we question, I mean, right now we're dealing with the coronavirus situation and so many people are, where is God? How can God be good and let this happen? And we don't have all the answers. No one of us can say categorically, we know this. You know, Jesus personally told me this this morning, that this has happened because of this. Now, God may reveal certain things to us. I'm not saying he doesn't reveal things to us. But none of us categorically can say we fully understand, have a 100% understanding of why things have happened the way that they have. Only God knows that. But one thing we can hold on to is, when we can't answer the questions that are being thrown at us, One thing we can stand firm and hold on to is that God is good. And he, and and, you know, and I, I, I really believe that these are scriptures that as Christians, that we need to always, we need to kind of like hold in our hearts and always have there because there's going to come a point where people are going to say, what's the way to salvation? There's many ways to salvation as there's so many religions out there saying that. There's many ways to God. I don't believe, you know, all religion is good. And we need these scriptures to stand back on. That there's only one way and that's Jesus. And we need to stand on the fact that God is good. Everything about him is good. There is no evil in him. So verse 8. All, I'm, so I'm sorry, verse, um, where am I? Verse 11. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep when we know he died for us. 12. The hired man, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired man and doesn't care about the sheep. Well, basically, what this is basically saying is there are many people who are going to come into our lives. And they are going to say that, you know, God has sent me here to be a blessing to your life. And some, God has sent. There's many good shepherds, meaning not God himself, but whether it be a pastor, a minister, whoever, that God has said to be a blessing to our lives. And they are good. But what we need to hold on to is there are others out there who their intentions are not good and their motives aren't good. That their reason for so-called helping you is is a false reason. It's, It's maybe it's due to all right, let's, he uses the uh, example of a hireling that does it for the wages. So maybe it's just for fame and fortune. Maybe it's just for monetary reasons. 
but the motive isn't pure and God is showing us you need to be able to recognize and discern that and like I said before if you get study the scriptures and you and you get into an intimate personal relationship with God by prayer by just spending time with God by going to church you will start to recognize who the hirelings are you will start to recognize because God very clearly shows us and gives us very clear instructions as to what to look for and what to avoid also ultimately there is no other shepherd like God and so anybody that is following the path of God then you know that that's that's good but if they're not if they're doing things that are contrary to the word of God then you need to be aware so it says in verse 14 I am the good shepherd I know my own sheep and they know me as the father knows me I know the father I lay down my life for the sheep but I have other sheep that are not of this fold I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice what is he referring to the people that yet do not know Christ the people that we've been sent out there to try to bring into God Okay, the people that don't don't know Jesus as their saviour, maybe they're believing in another saviour. Okay, and God is saying that's my those are my sheep too, but they're not yet of this fold of believers. Okay, and 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 so I must bring them in, and God needs our help with that. Then there will be one flock and one shepherd. That's the ultimate goal. This is why the Father loves me because I am laying down my life so that I may take it up again. He laid down his life at the cross. He died for us and he rose again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down. God did this willingly because of his love for us on my own. I have the right to lay it down and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. So in verse 19 now, it says, again, a division took place among the Jews because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon and he's crazy. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, these aren't the words of someone demon possessed. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Verse 22, then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple complex in Solomon's colonnade. Then the Jews surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. We've covered this in previous podcasts, how many times God has had to keep repeating himself. And, you know, and these people refuse to, to believe it. Again, he shows us in verse 25. I did tell you and you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works that I do in my father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not my sheep. In other words, you will never receive until you receive and open up your heart to me. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. God is the only one that can give us eternal life. Ever, he uses that ever again. Exclamation mark in previous chapters, I think it was nine or 10, I mean eight or 10, eight or nine, sorry. He spoke about, I, I referred to this, how he used the word ever exclamation mark after eternal life we see it again no one will snatch them out of my hand please 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 friends and family please grab a hold of this no one can snatch us out of God's hands no one and nothing verse 29 my father who has given them to me is greater than all no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand when God repeats something believe me he's telling us we need to grab a hold of that The Father and I are one. Verse 31, and the Jews picked up rocks to stone him. 
Verse 32, Jesus replied, I have shown you many good works from the Father. Which of these works are you stoning me for? God's saying, why are you stoning me? Why are you so mad? Can't you see it? What is making you so angry? Verse 33, we aren't stoning you for a good work, the Jews answered, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Again, that religious spirit has blinded them. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, isn't it written in your scripture? I said you are gods. If he called those whom the word of God came to gods and the scripture of God cannot be broken, do you say you are blaspheming to the one the father set apart and sent into the world because I said I am the son of God? I don't want to get too deep into this because we can because it's quite deep. But I just want to say in previous scriptures, um, it, um, the Bible shows us that the scripture showed that um, there was a scripture where Jesus, um, where, where God showed that the people were calling men, just mere men, gods, not God with a capital G. Now, if, if you if you think back, those of you that know this particular scripture about when um, Sarah referred to her husband, Abraham, as Lord, it doesn't mean that she was blaspheming against God, that she was saying that Abraham was as great or greater than God. No, it was more seen as a term of respect and reverence. It was Lord with a lowercase L, not a capital L. So the gods they're referring to are with a lowercase g. If you look in your Bible, you'll see it's a lowercase g, not a capital G, meaning they weren't blaspheming. But basically what Jesus is saying, you call mere men, mere human beings who were created by God, gods. And you, you, you know, you accept that in the scriptures. Yet me who came from God himself, who is God himself, who is the son of God, capital G, you won't accept to receive. So basically he's throwing the scriptures back at them and saying, how hypocritical are you? Verse 37, if I am not doing my father's work, don't believe me. But if I'm doing them and you don't believe me, believe the works. This way you will know and understand that the father is in me and I in the father. And basically what he's saying, listen, okay, either you believe what I'm saying, I'm showing you miracle after miracle. Aren't these signs? These are good things that I'm doing. I'm not doing evil. I'm doing good things. I'm being a blessing. But okay, if, you, if your heart is so hardened that you won't even believe in the miracles that are in front of you, then, you know, um, or you won't believe in me. Believe in the miracles. If you won't believe in me, believe in the miracles. But believe, God is just saying, I just want you to believe because that's where true life, that's where your true salvation is going to come from. You so believe that you're okay and you're not. Verse 39, then they were trying to, again, to seize him, yet he eluded their grasp. Again, when the, when our heart is so hardened to God, we do everything to try and avoid it. You know, we don't want to receive God. So something spiritual comes on or someone talks to us about God. We shy away. We turn off the TV. We turn off the radio. We try and avoid it. And that's what they were doing. And, and we, you know, we need to relate this to our own selves. You know, how many times when God was trying to get our attention, did we turn away from someone that was speaking truth, that was trying to help us and lead us? We don't want to hear it. And we love to use the, um, the, the excuse of, oh, they're just hypocrites, they're all hypocrites. Well, sometimes, you know, yeah, there are hypocrites out there, but there are also good people out there that are genuinely trying to do the right thing. And yeah, we're not perfect. We do mess up. There's only one perfect person and that's God. So verse 40, so he departed again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing early, earlier and he remained there. 
Many came to him and said, John never did a sign, talking about John the Baptist, but everything John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. You know, the truth is so so often in our face, and it's just there for us to receive. John didn't do miracles and signs, but he spoke with conviction. He spoke with a pure heart, and many believed. And so, you know, I think, you know, what I want us to really get from that is, in fact, I want to just very quickly just share some facts about sheep. Sheep are meek animals, quiet and gentle, holding themselves aloof from the world. world. And, I, and I relate that to the Bible tells us to have a quiet, meek spirit, a humble spirit. We can only receive God when we have a humble spirit. And we, and we have to be kept set apart from the world. The Bible says we are not of this world. Okay, we're in this world. We live in it, but we're not of it. We cannot function and do everything that the world does. We cannot think and act exactly as the world does and, and, and call ourselves a child of God. We are going to face the consequences that the world does if we do that. But we have to see that we're different. We're set apart. We may think differently and act differently at times. Sheep are helpless. They need a shepherd. Um, we, if, you, if you go in your own time and look at Matthew 9.36, it talks about how the people were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd we you know sheep by nature as animals are helpless they need a shepherd okay they are notorious for following their leader they are notorious for following okay now that's the fact is we as human beings we are followers too okay and if you, if you even study the scriptures and you look to the book of Samuel, when the prophet Samuel, the people were harassing Samuel about finding, about having a king. By nature, we need leaders. Okay, that's why we do have governmental leaders here. We need leaders. But the, what we need to be aware of is sometimes we could be following the wrong person. So we need to ensure that we're following the right leader. Leaders that are good. Okay? And sometimes there are leaders, even in the church, who were not sent by God. So we need to make sure that the leaders that we are following are godly. Doesn't mean they're perfect, but are they are they seeking after God? Are they following God's word? Their lifestyle should match up with the word of God. And if they mess up, they should be quick to repent. Um, a, sh- a sheep is less likely to show obvious signs of pain than a domestic dog. It is believed that this is to be the case because signs of weakness attract predators and sheep are a species that are preyed upon. The Bible tells us very clearly that the devil prowls around looking for those that he can devour. The devil's always looking to devour us. And we as God's sheep, okay, we that's why we need to follow God. Because whenever we stray away from God, we can get lost. And when we get lost, think about it. The lions, the predators, they don't come into the sheepfold. They, 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 they're more attracted to a sheep that's wandering. And I don't claim to be a farmer and have knowledge, a lot of knowledge in these things. So I may not be totally correct in everything I'm saying, but I do believe that there are a lot of what I'm saying is true. And look it up for yourself, please. Don't just take my word for it. But when a sheep is wandering on its own, that's when it's more at risk of being killed. And that's why it's so important as followers, as children of God, that we follow Jesus and we stay within the confinements of following him because that's where safety is. He is our refuge. He is our fortress. So I hope that today's chapter blessed you and I hope that you're able to make it relevant to your own life. And basically as a summary, 
God is the good shepherd and he's there to lead us. And it's so important that we develop an intimate relationship with him. There are going to be many things out there that are dangerous for us. But God has come to give us an abundant life, a life that no matter what we experience and what we go through, there's an internal hope that we can always hold on to that will always bring us back on our feet and bring us into a place of peace, love and joy. I pray that you were blessed today. I thank you for taking part in today's Bible study. Please, like I said before, sign on, get the app and please send your messages. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for your support. I love you. Until next time, be blessed.